We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. sense. Here we go. We are ready. Hello. Welcome to the Pragmatic Doulas podcast. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Get off your damn phone. Be oh, here. Lana. No, be here with us. Or it's a don't sunny be. day. It is a sunny day. Last time we were here, it was a fucking snowstorm. <laughs> that was the ice storm. Oh, right. Yes. So we had snowstorm, ice storm, snowstorm. snowstorm. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. We, this is great. Don't you love Canada? <laughs> Today is the hellfire storm as we all purge uh, our negativity today and the things that piss us off. <laughs> We're trying not to bring it to you. <sighs> Everybody breathe. Oh, we are. oh, sorry. Was yep. that your plan? <laughs> you were just revving up. I told you I have a rant. Rant corner. We've got a rant, rant corner. corner. Are we going to start with rant corner? I thought we'd start with rant corner. How, how about we start with check-in? Okay, like, yeah. That's nice. We start with check-in. We'll go round, round okay. robin, Fine. and everybody tell us how your week has been. Have you learned anything? Did you do anything why do you keep fun? Wanting, why because I'm to pull I, out, have you learned something? I like that. I don't learn something. a fucking thing. I don't know. <laughs> I have hard enough time. I should have peed before I went. You should have before peed? Before we started. This. Didn't you pee? No, she oh, it was did. You who I peed. peed. Never mind. Yeah. Go on. What have you learned what are you guys, today? T- this, is to- this is toddler circle. <laughs> toddler corner. <laughs> well, it's, it's not toddler because... I'm pretty sure I would be kicked out of any circle time for saying this. I've learned that I can, in fact, go three days without sex. And I know you're both going to smack me now. <laughs> All right. Next, what have you okay. learned? <laughs> well, we know that we can go much longer than that without sex. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we got you beat. Okay. I struggle with that. What? <laughs> um, this week. Oh, I'm staying at my sister's. Right. Yes. But that, that just, that's a st- I'm staying at my sister's for... The week because I am house sitting, dog sitting, kid sitting while she is away in sunny Mexico. You're a saint. And um, how many nieces and nephews are you looking after? Four. Well, you know, most of them are big except for the littlest guy who's the sweetest little boy on the planet. And he is. He's so, oh my God, so sweet. And um, I don't know how my sister lives her life, honest to God. (laughs) She wrote me two pages of instructions. Oh, Jesus. And I'm. Yeah, just, just two, but it's like crammed like two full pages of instructions, and <laughs> in um, nine in nine fonts. So paranoid that I'm gonna forget something. <laughs> <laughs> My sister's Superwoman, and I am not. I thought Superwoman was an urban myth, but apparently no, no. She lives sister, in Whitby. Her name is Nicole. She lives in Whitby, and her name is Nicole. Yes, <laughs> it's not Diana Prince. So it's that's Nicole. my that's um that's my week. It's my week coming up too. So because I just started that gig. How about you? Well, I just had two births back to back. Two births back to back. And look at you here, all alive and everything. Your hair is clean. I am clean. Yeah. My clothes are clean. Yeah. I cleaned my bathroom for you guys. All on like eight hours of sleep in a a three-day period. Um, We appreciate it. But... I did want to say, um, oh, you're not clean? I'm just checking. Okay. <laughs> um, I did want to say that one thing. So I had two births back to back and they were two inductions. They were, they shouldn't, 
have gone this way. But again, birth is utterly unpredictable, but mm. this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I was able to be there for both births and not stress myself out to the point of, you know, probably having a stroke is because of you guys. So mm. you, oh, we saved you. Yes. For teaching for me on Wednesday. Oh, Suzanne, that was I can't, my pleasure. That was so incredibly helpful. Yeah. And you guys, you know, being there for backup, should they have clashed together at um, the same time? We would have been on it. Yes. And I think if you don't, if you're a doula and you don't have a good backup, you're nuts. You need to, you, and you, I've always said you can't doula in a vacuum. You have to have people in your corner. That it takes a village to raise a doula. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really does. Village. It does. It takes to sustain a doula. It takes when a you, village. so, you know, if you're pregnant and you're listening to this, if you hire a doula, just know you're hiring the doula, her backup, her other backup, her family. Yes. Cause my kids like utterly just, I was able to walk away and they mm -hmm. were able to feed themselves. And if, and if doulas do who have younger children, you're also hiring the There's caregivers yeah. of those younger children. Yep. Yeah, it take it does. It takes a village. Yeah, so for that doula to show up at your birth. You know, sometimes you hear people say, "You know, doulas cost so much money," and it's like, yeah, because there's so many people involved. You are in hiring a team. Yeah, you are hiring a massive team so that one person can be with you, especially um, when you for want twenty four hours doula. potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never thought of it that way before. Yeah. That's 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 awesome. It takes a village to sustain doula work. It really does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that does come up often in doula boards and stuff about, do you guys have a backup? I don't have a backup. And then, of course, people usually go on the attack. Hey, I don't have a backup. I mean, ideally, you have a backup. Mm -hmm. But then again, a lot of these doulas who are saying that they don't, they say they are very open with this, people who interview them and hire them, saying, mm -hmm. you know what? I do not work with a backup. I take X amount. But if I cannot attend your birth, I can't attend your birth. I mean, but people yes. take that risk. People choose to take that risk too. Sure. Which is, sure. I guess you don't need a backup in that instance, but I'm, no. I'm surprised to hear about it. And these are doulas with flourishing like careers, mm -hmm. but they choose not to work with a backup and families choose to take the risk that they might not have their doula. Well, a backup is one thing, but does that doula have children? Does that doula have a dog? Mm -hmm. yeah. Does that doula have a life outside of doula work that needs to continue on while she's away for 24 hours at a birth. Yeah. So that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. All the other players in the doula's life that prop her up. Yes. So that she can be there for yeah. her clients. Like that, that's the village. Yeah. So your doula backup is one aspect of it. Yeah. The, mm -hmm. the, I totally had this. Do you hear? Do you hear Jack, Jack snoring? Snoring. That's okay. He's not walking. He's so snoring. instead of like dog Clickety fingernails, <laughs> dog snoring. snores. He sounds like a a big old fat man. He's like a big lying old, on the floor. You got to do this bear. at my house sometime, and you'll hear the two aggressive snorers of my dog. We can hear the True. sound of doggy porn happening in your oh, house. Not the porn. They have passed the porn time, and that. Okay. Smell and so, stuff like that. Okay. But the uh, snoring is pretty intense. Oh Lord. Yeah, we're yeah. having we're gonna do it in the summer in your house because you have a pool. That's so right. That's we're gonna wear our bikinis because you can't see us. And uh, we're gonna they're splash, gonna be wearing bikinis. I will be wearing flash around in the shorts. pool and you will all be so jealous. It's true. Um, I was going to say something brilliant, but again, my head is not <laughs> damn it. It fell out. Your brilliance fell out of it, your ears. I 
just narcoleptically fall asleep at some point in time. Just <laughs> leave me be. Um, but we have a topic that we're going to talk about today. Are we good to sort of? Yeah. Is everybody? What is it again? Um, the topic is what does doula support look like? How much medical knowledge should we have and how much information should we be handing out, etc. Mm-hmm. So I did, however, want to have a slight rant corner. Um, and, this, and I'm not going to lie. I know I want to apologize in advance for anybody I piss off with my comments, but let's keep in mind, I haven't slept in three days. Okay. Yes. So each night I got home at like, I went in the morning and I got home at like two, three o'clock in the morning, slept for three, four hours, got up, did my life, went to a second birth. So my brain doesn't function. And we're now in the aftermath. Yes. This is the after, I'm in afterbirth hangover. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I piss anybody off, if I say anything that nobody likes, I don't really I don't care. Know. It, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm going to say it anyway. You like her anyway. You know yeah. you do. So, <laughs> And if you don't, I really don't care. Forgive her actually. in advance. You, you do care. You do care. You do. I just like announce to the world I everything makes me cry. Everything does make me cry, but I will But not on. today. Um, <laughs> so I did these two births. They were both uh, inductions, and they were in two separate hospitals. And the difference in the way things went in those two different hospitals was ridiculous. I know we've talked about it before, but we certainly haven't talked about it on here. And maybe that's a topic we need to do in the future mm-hmm. about there being zero consistency in how people are looked after, not only just um, within from hospital, to from hospital. hospital to hospital, but also within hospitals mm-hmm. from so, doctor to doctor, from nurse doctor to nurse. Doctor. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So one of the things that really sort of took me back aback is and if you are a nurse and you are listening to this, we love you. I love nurses. I I do everything in my power to make sure that your life with working with my client is good. Mm-hmm. And I know you've worked with her and I know you've worked with her, but this one particular <laughs> nurse, I have not. And we're not going to say oh. names. No names. No, no, names. no, no, no. Um, this one particular nurse I hadn't worked with in a really long time, but back in the day when I was a newbie doula, she treated me like shit and fine. I'm a newbie doula. I'll pay my dues. I'm fine with all of that. I'm just here for my clients. I'm not Mm -hmm. here to make friends. Mm -hmm. So sadly, when I got to this particular induction, there she was and she was our nurse. And I have in this particular hospital on other occasions been able to stay for Epidurals. Epidurals. Mm -hmm. And the nurse has been like, yeah, it's okay. She's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But this time I'm sent away, which was fine. I needed to take a step out. So I was all good with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Needed to pee and all of that stuff. So an hour later, um, my client's husband comes and gets me. And as we're walking up the hallway, he says, you know, if you wanted to go home. And I said, did the nurse tell you to say that? And he just looked at me and I said, I know she did. Mm -hmm. I said, this is what she does. Mm -hmm. She tells you that you don't need me. Mm -hmm. And then she sends, she suggests that you send me home. Mm -hmm. But if it's all, and I said, you know, if it's all the same to you, I would like to stay. And he's like, no, we want you to stay. Yeah. So you paid me big bucks. Exactly. For my body to be here. Exactly. And the other thing too is, so she's, 
she's encouraging them to send me away. She's encouraging the birthing parent to go to sleep. And she's also encouraging the husband to now go get something to eat. Mm -hmm. So if things played out the way she anticipated it, I was gone, husband was gone, and now client who is anxious Mm -hmm. is now left in the room by herself. Because where are you, nurse? Are you sitting in there with her? Are you, you know, being there with her and holding her hand while she's stressing? Mm -hmm. No, you're not. Because you actually have already commented that you're off trying to learn some new program um, in the system. Mm -hmm. So stop (sighs) doing that. Yeah. I'm fucking pissed about this yeah i know i know this nurse that you're talking about i've never had had, talked about it we had just i just just had this conversation oh that's who you have last time i was there she told me directly to my face you know you could go home now they don't really need you here now while i was getting water for her in the in the kitchen yep and having an epidural does not mean that my client no longer needs me. No, not even which a that's bit. a big misconception. That is a huge misconception that a lot of people um, have. Doulas are, are very important. I actually have a handout. I should have brought it today. I think I have the same handout. Six ways that your doula can help you with an epidural, with an epidural, when you have an yeah. epidural or something like that. Yeah, Penny Simkin, yeah. right? Didn't she? No, 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 no. It's Somebody by... else. I forget or something? something like that. Somebody like that. Somebody who has a lot of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, infographics. An infographic. I yeah. love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. It's I very, know, I it's very I could, handy. I wish I could make them, but yeah. I just can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you're in the word thing and you're putting it together and you move one thing and everything shifts off the shifts page. Up, and you're yeah. like, Fuck That's it. when I just you're slam like, down <laughs> the laptop and I'm like, forget it. You're like, I'll right. just like pay for it. Somebody, it somebody must have done this before, so I'll just get somebody else. But she's she's highly uneducated about the role of doulas and what it is that we do and how we support people in every context of yeah. birth. You know, I, I really, I wish it, they could do like an, uh, a, an a, a sort of like an in-service thing. thing with the nurses because Kim and I are both prenatal educators and at the hospital that we teach at, it's been suggested that we speak to the, the doctors. doctors so that the doctors are aware of our curriculum, the things yeah. and the content that we put out <clears throat> in our classes so that there is no misinterpretation or yes. misunderstanding when our students do misinterpret or misunderstand yes. things that we say so that the doctors and us are all on the same page. That would be awesome yeah. if we could do that. There you go, you AOD board members, you. There's a new project for yeah. you guys. In Set that up so that can be in on, hospitals that can be on somebody else's so that plate. nurses are like... <laughs> Oh my God, we love doulas the, because, they under, because they understand there's research that backs up our presence in, in, in um, our clients' birthing rooms. So they should be aware of that research. Now, I do want to say one thing though. When this happened mm-hmm. and this particular nurse, and, and I just basically, and as I said, if it's all the same to you, I'd really like to stay. Mm-hmm. And then I encouraged the dad to go get something to eat. And I said, I will stay here and I will watch the room. And if, you know, she wants to sleep, that's great. If not, I'm here. We'll talk, whatever. When it was all over um, or after she had left, so the the shift change came and mm-hmm. this particular nurse left. And they said, oh, she's not our nurse anymore. I said, no, her shift is over. And they said, wow, she's really grumpy. <laughs> and I said, you know, and this is the difference. This is why I don't want there to be, like I'm sitting here bitching and complaining about it, but I want 
people to know that I did not tell my clients this. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I wouldn't say she's necessarily grumpy. I would really describe her as gruff. Mm -hmm. She's very gruff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, I guess. And I said, and I took the high road and I said, you know, she's a really good nurse. She's really good at what she does. Um, She's really good for her patients. Um, But yeah, she is a little gruff because I'm not, which is not for everybody. No. And that's fine. But I'm not going to be the one that sits there and bad mouths her. No, no, in no, front no, of the no, clients no, 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 Don't do yes, that. Don't do that. Always, always, always take the high road. Yep. That's the, it's those half the time, the loneliest road you'll ever be on, <laughs> but it is always the best way to go. Mm-hmm. So even if you're like losing your shit, that person's birth is not where to, where you're going to. You work it out with your, here's the other part of the village. You work it out with the doulas who you process your births with. And if you don't have that in your life, you don't have that in your practice, find it. Even if it's online. Yep. Yeah. Even if it is a group that you belong to online on a Facebook group or whatever. Yeah. After a birth has happened, even if everything goes as planned and it's lovely and everything is good, it is a deeply overwhelming and emotional experience to sit there and and witness that. It's nice to, as you say, unpack it. Yes. You process it, unpack it, and and figure out what you can, here we go, learning again. What have you learned from this experience and what can you do to improve how you uh, serve your clients? Now, different hospital, Mm. very next day, Mm. They thought I was the best. You are so awesome. (laughs) We're so glad. Have you, we don't recognize you. Have you been here before? I'm like, no, I don't do a lot of births here. Um, Oh, are you from, you know, the, the midwifery clinic? I'm like, no, no, no. I just, I'm a doula, you know, Mm -hmm. epidural comes into play. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets kicked out. We didn't yeah. even get hats. Yeah. We didn't even get masks. Really? Nope. The the birthing parent got the hat. Hazmat suit. Nope. She <laughs> got a hat, I think, to keep her hair out of the way. And that anesthesiologist walked in. Bing, bang, boom. Oh, no. She didn't even she didn't even acknowledge that we were in the room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right? Yeah. Totally different experience. Totally different experience. Yeah. The nurse is like, and what's your name? Mm-hmm. And, and and you're the doula? Okay. Like you were like a real person? I was a real what? human being. Imagine and you know that. What? And in the first birth, after that nurse had left and we got a new nurse who was lovely, yeah. she's like, yeah, and you are? Okay, great. When it, The doctor shook my hand when it was over. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm a good doula. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> what a difference. What a Bloody difference. Yeah. That one person mm-hmm. made such a huge difference. Yeah. And when she was taken out of the equation, everything wow. changed. Yeah. Yes. It was crazy. A little bit of grumpiness changes the whole atmosphere yes. in the birth room. Yeah. It really does. I don't know what that beeping is. It happens in my house. We could be, we could explode. Around this time every day, this is this beeping happens. Do you have a security system? No. Not to your knowledge. Not to my knowledge. <laughs> well, I have an old security system in my house. The people who lived there before had it installed. And it's not, it's deactivated. It's not, there's nothing. Yeah, well, we used to have but, stuff in the wall over there, but, but it got um, ripped out. I've called and I said, how do I, tur- you know, how do I, because t- every once in a while it starts, mm-hmm. like if the hydro goes out 
And yes. then the hydro comes back on. Well, that's what we it did. And that's doing. when we ripped it. He ripped it out of the wall. Well, then they said, oh, but you need to know the password. I'm like, I don't know the password. I don't even know the people's names who were here before. It's always so one, two, three, four. It's always <laughs> going off whenever the hydro goes off and on. And then we just go over there and press a whole bunch of buttons. And then it stops. We have no oh, idea. Yeah. But the, it still lights up. That's hilarious. So it's still like alive, but it's not activated. Oh, that's I don't know. hilarious. Yeah. We have no, it looks like we have a security system. <laughs> but we don't for all the burglars out there. I have nothing to steal. Come so and don't steal all of our value village. Stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So those so are your two births. Those are my two births. They mm-hmm. were amazing. And you know what was interesting mm-hmm. about these two births? Mm-hmm. I, they were both eight pounders. They were both over eight pounds. Yeah. Um, and the second one, we were really surprised because the first baby she had was only like 6'12", and she's certainly Ooh. not a big lady. Ooh. Um, and That's an increase. Yeah. yeah. But these eight-pounders, I haven't seen an eight-pounder in a while. Aren't they lovely? You know, you know how babies come out and they look like really bitter, angry old men? Like, <laughs> yes. they just look all wrinkly wizened and, and yeah. wizened. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. These were like, they like they were the, when the first one came out, I was like, oh my God, he looks like a real human. Uh-huh. Like he looks perfect. <laughs> laid down some fat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then the second one came out and I was like, well, it's not going to be the same. And I, and I, and I came around and I looked at her and I'm like, oh damn, look it's at her. A real She's, child. It's a <laughs> human so child. so yummy and squishy. Mm-hmm. Not just some alien creature from another plane. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which no, is anything sort are. of in that seven and under. I'm yeah. like, man, mm-hmm. they look like little, wizened, bitter, angry old men. Yeah. I've had over- some big babies in the last, I mean, big as in eight and over. Yeah. 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 I love it. All my babies were fat babies like that, too. Oh, fuck, mine were, mine yes, were, mine were jolly, had a squishy fatties, too. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I held a, I had a client once and I, she had this baby full term and she was just six pounds at birth. So then when I went to go see her and of course she'd been discharged, she'd lost some weight. So she was under five pounds. Mm-hmm. So I'm or under six pounds and I'm holding this little yeah. tiny thing. And I go, Oh my damn, like you would have still been on the inside. If you were mine. Like <laughs> yes. my babies, my baby literally this twice like this size. 28 weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. She was this tiny little perfect thing. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, so that's my rant. Please, I think I this think, has been the rant room, rant corner. Yeah, rant corner by the pragmatic doulas. Mm. Um, anything else you want to share, comment uh, uh, on uh, before? Because we can sort of make a stop and then start with the topic if you'd like. Or, well, maybe we should like thank everybody again. I know we do it all the time, but yeah, we, this, every single morning, freaking phenomenal, Kim wakes up and does our little podcast update, update. Can to I, show us can how I many say, people have listened, downloaded, and all of that per episode. And every single morning, I'm like, what? We are awesome. I check literally 20 times a day. <laughs> I don't go on, I don't go on like Candy checks. Crush. Yeah, no, I literally go on constantly. So our current total plays are 652. What? And, and Will said, you know, Man, at that rate, if you're doing like almost a hundred or a hundred plus per episode, you're going to be at a thousand by the end of March for sure. Yeah, like we don't have ridiculous. to tell us that. We already know we can do the math. Well, I yeah, didn't. that's awesome. Um, <laughs> not very good at math. Um, 
don't send in STEM comments about girls can do math too. Um, but I think the key awesomeness is not just how many plays we've had, is that the average plays of 130 per episode. Per episode. Yeah, that's pretty, that's that's pretty good. That's amazing. Like we got two more, two more places. Yes. We've been sitting yes, here. Yes, we've been sitting here. <laughs> that's so right? And Kim presented us today Rich. with our very own pragmatic doula merchandise. Right? And uh, these cups are awesome. And uh, we're all drinking our tea out of these amazing pragmatic doulas cups right now as we speak. And I'm thinking, and what does that say? I'm thinking that every single time we get like 500, like we 500 plays, we should have gifts for each other. You, you don't have to buy the gifts all the time. We can okay. take turns. Okay. But, but I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just so fascinated by uh, Vistaprint right now. Yeah. But I'm just saying that I think that this could be like our first 500, 500 listens gift. gift. Okay. All right. right. So when we reach a, when we reach a thousand listens, okay. we need to get more gifts. Okay. I'm I, good with that. Gift giving is my love language. Clear, <laughs> clearly. So give us the gift of listening. Yeah. Right. So I can Love get it. some stuff. So thanks guys. I'm yeah. I so, so, so enjoying this and appreciate Love it. this tremendously. Yeah. So it's a, I'll post a picture of it, but it says a podcast yeah. about birth, postpartum and being parents by doulas who swear. <laughs> Cause I have already dropped how many F bombs in the first 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, I'm tired. <laughs> All right. So what is our, unless anybody else have anything, anything else, else to you want to add a rant? No, uh, I'll swear comment. later. You'll swear later? Okay. All right. Good. Um, all right. So the topic is, as we said, uh, what does doula support look like? How much medical knowledge should we have? How much information should we be handing out? What do we do? Because I think the important thing about scope of the doula is that we are non-medical, right? Mm-hmm. Um, We're support people. Yeah. However, I am like immensely impressed with your level of knowledge stephanie you always seem to know every time i go what the hell is your obstetric facts and yeah and leaving every kim and i are like what the hell is that look i've been a doula for 13 years and i am still learning new things yes and when i don't know something i'll be you, have you guys ever had a client that's had blah 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 and stuff will stuff immediately for sure. type up and go, <laughs> Oh yes, oh yes, that's it's when the chorionic divide and <laughs> blah blah blah. And so, then at that point I'm going, Chorionic divide. Text, <laughs> so even her explanation. We've got to like Google her explanations. Yeah. So Steph, can you share with us, please. Um, can you dual explain it to <laughs> us? Please? Can I explain it? I, I read everything. I fucking read everything. Like I, what? What I don't know. What's there to read? Up, if there so I am. I read in, a lot. I don't know. Okay, but I don't know we shit. don't read what she's reading. Yeah, what do you? Clearly, we don't read what I don't she's know, whatever reading. Whatever new. So I follow. Um, yeah, you got to tell us your your yeah, follow. Who you follow? follow. I follow, follow the who? I follow the SOGC. I follow the JOGC. I follow all sorts of shit. And whenever a new study comes up that impacts women's health, um, baby health, stuff like that, I just read it. Mm-hmm. And now the really cool thing I have to say about the and what makes it really easy with the SOGC is almost every single one of their position papers on something or their research on something, all the actual recommendations are on the first two pages. 
with Ugh, the layout. Right. And so you only have to look at, okay, I'm looking for the recommendation on this and it tells yeah. you what page to go to. You can literally look it up. So because a lot of the work I did was um, informed care around, for a long time was informed care around VBAC and around her birth after trauma. There's a lot of information there. So it was always, someone would often ask me or tell me often that they mm -hmm. got half information or direction on what they can expect, but not like from the care as opposed to helping them make a decision about something. So generally speaking, I'd say, oh, that'll be on page 14 of dit, 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 dit. here's the cl clinical practice guidelines. Do you print stuff out sometimes and give it to your clients? No, usually I just send a link. From there? Oh, send a link. Send what a am link. I yeah. do, What decade do I live in? Print stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I would send Clearly I hate say, trees. Oh, if you need more, if you have more questions about how that impacts your care, take it over to your doctor and say, hey, here's what I was reading. Mm -hmm. um, I understand this is what it'll look like when I get to the hospital, but can you help me understand if, based on my risk factors, am I going this way or am I going this way? So encouraging, again, giving them the information to go back and talk to their care providers. But in order for me to understand how to give them the information, I have to read it. Mm -hmm. I have to understand it myself. Yes. Otherwise, I'm just, it's, I might as well send them out into the Google universe. Yeah. And I love reading about that shit, really normalizing. The... You, you were an obstetrician in another life or a midwife in another life. Um, or it's your or secret, a researcher. secret desire or a researcher. I love research. I'm really yeah. fascinated by what we've uncovered, how almost everything we un end up uncovering comes back to common sense. Yes. You look at a recommendation. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes um, sense. I, I probably would have come up with that myself if I had given it some deeper thoughts or yeah. something. If I looked at it from a common sense perspective, it's like, oh, look, we're confirming what the common sense says. Mm -hmm. And common I think that's what's not that common. There we go. But it's but again, all this research really ends up leading us back to almost less is more in almost every case. Mm -hmm. um, and so right now, I mean, there's a boatload of research on every medical condition out there. Yes. But what's really come up in this past year is trauma around yeah. medical care and not just birth related stuff like we're all kinds about of trauma and how it affects your experience during pregnancy and birth absolutely yeah, that's fascinating um pe or people coming out of who have had an accident or had something happen and they wound up in the in the icu mm -hmm. the trauma people experience coming out of that and coming back into real life after living in the PTSD. icu ptsd and stuff mm -hmm. And then that kind of leads into care that women are re receiving often mm -hmm. and communication they're receiving often. And it's not whether they got good or bad medical care, like the the procedure that was done to them or something. It's how they got there. Mm -hmm. It's how the message got yes. there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And how afterwards they're sent home with this baby, but they're still like, I don't know what just happened to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it happened to mm -hmm. me. Um, I'm still not clear and no one wants to tell me. Mm -hmm. And that is why, again, I mean, we're not, we're not delicate flowers. Mm -hmm. You know, you well, give us the information. Oh, my darling, what are you talking about? <laughs> I have a delicate flower. I have been a delicate flower in 25 years. years. <laughs> what was that, that meme recently? She wasn't delicate like a flower. She was delicate like a bomb. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that's a good that. one. That I like that one. That is a really good one. Yes. Yeah. So you really have, you are into acquiring all those little uh, minute medical details. Mm -hmm. How about you, Kim? How do you handle the acquisition of knowledge as a doula? Or do you? I talked to her. You asked Steph. <laughs> what the hell is 
is this? My client just mentioned this condition to me and I've never heard of it. No, but I mean, I think certainly being on what I've sort of always done in the past is, is being in these, you know, dual of Facebook groups and stuff like that. And there's always somebody that's going to throw some shit out there and say, look at this, this is new. Da, 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 da. Um, and then I sort of investigate that. I mm-hmm. don't go looking for knowledge. Mm-hmm. I wait for it to come to me unless something is presented to me that I need to research on. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, especially when it comes to sort of conditions that are sort of out of the norm yeah. uh, with pregnancy is, I let the client lead, give me the information. Mm -hmm. What has your client said or what has your doctor said? What, what information have they given to you? And I let them tell me sort of what they know. And then I sort of dig a little bit deeper and I ask Steph, like, have you had a client on this before? Like, how is this going to impact anything? A lot of the times there, there's a whole universe of diseases and conditions um, that people live with every day and those people are getting pregnant. Yes. So it's not necessarily a pregnancy specific thing no, no, that no. people are going through. Like it's something that they live with every day that they were born with or whatever yeah. or they've acquired. Now they're pregnant. How yeah. is that going to affect their pregnancy and their mm-hmm. care and so on? Like I had a client years ago, um, that had she had two babies and then got Lyme's disease and then is now was now pregnant with the third Mm -hmm. and of course with Lyme's everybody sort of reacts differently to Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. um so yeah I was based but she had lived with Lyme's for years or at least a few years and it was a matter at that point then I was getting her to tell me what she needed what did she know because I could have gone and researched that but there would have been so much stuff yeah, that may yeah, not even have it might not even apply to her. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. what the hell did I just say? Um, but <laughs> eight hours of sleep. Eight hours of eight hours of falling out of it's my okay. mouth that really it's don't okay. fit. That's all um, right. But yeah, so I let her t- guide me into what she needed. That makes sense. Um, and really her big thing was sort of the postpartum thing. Yeah. Um, that and birth she was, was going to feel. Yeah, afterwards. birth was birth was going to be the fine part, and that she wasn't going to be breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way she reacted to it was is, that related to limes or just a yeah, personal choice? No, it was because, uh, and the reason being in that is um, she could not she could not sleep. That was how it affected her. She never slept. She oh didn't God. have the ability to go to sleep. So she would always have to be on in the, in the nighttime, she always had to be on uh heavy duty sleeping pills. Oh. So there would have been no feeding baby in the middle of the night and stuff yeah. like that. So they had hired night nannies. So you see what um, I mean? That, like that's so, that's so like how many steps away from pregnancy what, yeah. and postpartum is that yet so directly related? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had a client who had a stoma. And so she See, was, what the hell is what that? What the fuck is that? <laughs> where you have a bowel resection for because you have Crohn's or oh, right. okay. or something. Yeah. And so you literally use the bathroom out of your stomach. There's a hole. Uh, so a cost me bag. bag. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, oh, stoma. Is that the stoma. Stomy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, um, learning every day. Yeah. So as she grew during her pregnancy, she became more and more emotional because it wasn't fitting properly. It would slip. It would oh, dry. No. It would crack. She was having all sorts of issues around it. And I, because of um, some family history, I have a lot of knowledge about it. But 
for her, it wasn't about, it was about me understanding and not being off put mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by some of the effects yep. of having an ill-fitting yeah. colostomy mm-hmm. bag mm-hmm. Um, and my comfort with it. Mm-hmm. So it was, that's what support looked like for me, for me and for her at that time. And you just, you never know what you, what you might need to know. That is a side, almost like a sidestep to the pregnancy mm-hmm. and the birth support, but that this might slip during labor. Mm-hmm. She's a very active woman as well. She's a runner. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to not run and do and not do all these things that feel like a part of her. And now this colostomy bag and everything being ill-fitting and slipping, and she just felt overwhelmed by a lot of things. Yeah. So my comfort with helping her with that became what support looked like. Had nothing to do with her ability to handle her contractions. She rocked those. She yeah. absolutely mm-hmm, rocked those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and yes, you can go on and you can have a, a normal birth with a colostomy bag. Mm-hmm. Um, she was... I was really surprised to hear from her mm-hmm. that some of the people in some of her support groups were told that sh- they shouldn't or they were risking this or risking that. Mm-hmm. And she, having done a boatload of research, had shared with me, that's bullshit. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, my intention always is to stay on top of research and, and have regular times in my life where I educate myself. Like I literally, like I have made a little schedule for myself. Like once a week I was going to go through this and that. Like I subscribe to the Lancet. I get all of these publications and things in email. And Mm -hmm. oh my God, that I've (laughs) fallen fallen right flat on my face with that. And I end up doing what Kim just mentioned. When stuff comes up, then that's me spending three hours learning about this one thing it's yeah. a good catalyst though it, it is invested, but i would client. i would like it to be a little bit more controlled where i'm looking at studies as they come up and sort of an ongoing education that yeah. that i would like to incorporate that into mm-hmm. my into my work set aside time not just actually go to births do prenatal meetings do postpartum visits yeah. and all that but set aside time where i'm going to learn about stuff because even though I know we're not medical people, we're not clinical, uh, we're not clinicians. No. So we're not dispensing clinical advice. We're not giving medical advice. I like to know. I feel like I'm a better support person if I understand how the colostomy bag works, why yeah. this person has it. I'm not going to be required to do anything with it, mm-hmm. yeah. but I do feel like I'm a better support person when I have a certain knowledge base. Well, it's a matter of understanding. Yeah. And meeting them where they are. It is easier to support somebody when you have a deep level of understanding about what they're going through. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that it's 100, like you don't have to know every detail and you don't, no, don't have to experience it yourself. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of doulas, for instance, who've never had babies. They've never given birth. That mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah, they're awesome doulas. They're amazing Absolutely. doulas. So how, you know, you don't have to have gone through the thing. It's impossible to have gone through everything. No, And exactly. um, have that be a requirement in order to be a good support person, I personally would like to have a base level of knowledge about uh, basic obstetrics, basic physiology of preg- pregnancy yeah. and management of birth and so on. Um, that would make, that makes me feel secure because people are going to ask you questions. Mm-hmm. They ask you run of the mill questions, not necessarily deep, detailed, obscure questions about some condition, but what does the second stage of labor look like? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. You got to know that. You yeah. need to know the basics. And I feel a little bit more than the basics. And then you add your experience on that. Yes. And all the compassion and empathy and so on. And there you go. Bam. You're a good doula. Yep. 
the ability to stand up for 15 hours. Who, you know, having a client who might have had a stillbirth the first time too. Like there's an understanding of medical knowledge and then there's an understanding of where's my client coming from. They've, there's been a previous Mm. trauma. How can I better understand how that trauma impact women going forward? Mm -hmm. You would have to do some reading. We might even go and sit in on a trauma group. We might talk to somebody who's been through it. Or whatever. Reach out to another doula who's been through that or, um, Educate yourself. Educate yourself about how you can maybe be a, be aware of something that might be a little different this time. I remember. And I mean, I think that goes not just for being able to support a client, but also supporting another doula mm. who may have been through something like that. I remember having done a stillbirth um, a couple years prior and then someone we knew needed a backup because she was at a birth but her client was going to be delivering a stillbirth. Mm -hmm. And I just jumped in and said, I'll do it because I'd already been through something like that once already. Mm -hmm. And she came afterwards after the one birth to attend because it was taking a really long, it was going a really long time. Um, And I said, look, like, I need you to call me when this is over and I need you to do this. And she was someone who, took subways home. Like mm-hmm. she didn't have a car. So she took the subway home. And I go, look, do you need money? Because I don't want you to take the subway home. Yeah. I want you to take a cab home. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 I'll be fine. I'm like, okay, I know you think that now, mm-hmm. but you haven't done this before. Mm-hmm. So I need you to promise me that this is what you're going to do. And she's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, do you need money? Cause I'm, I, here's money. Like I will give you money. And she's like, no, no, I have money. I'm like, okay. So when she called the next day, she needed to unpack all that. Mm-hmm. And then she said, you know, thank you for telling me to take a cab. She goes, because there's no way I could have taken a bus. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could have done this. She goes, I wasn't prepared for what happened. And I was like, well, no, you can't be prepared for what's happened. I mean, you can go to, you can go to, you know, this workshop and read this book and all of that stuff. But until you walk that, you're not going to know. Mm-hmm. I have walked that. So how can I help? Right. Yep. Yep. And um, along the lines of what we're saying about um, kind of having a base understanding of where people are coming from in order to better support them. I, I have to say that as a woman of color, I, if I was to hire a doula, my first go-to would be another woman of color. Mm-hmm. Right. Firstly, because I feel like she would know better where I'm coming from based on her lived experience. Obviously, that's not always possible. So my my encouragement is to, and not just, I mean, I as a woman of color, yes, that's what I would do. But then there are other factors of each of our lives where we would appreciate somebody who's been through that. So for yes. instance, a woman who's been affected by living on the street, for instance, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like how many of us know what that's like? How many of us know what it's like to be marginalized in some way? How many of us know what it's like to be racialized? There is so much education available out there now for yes. all of us. So it isn't only about medical things, clinical things, but also yeah. the social determinants of health yes. are huge. Those things often have a bigger impact on the experiences of people in their pregnancies and birth than any of the other stuff. Cause you have a perfectly healthy woman who has a history of trauma in some kind of way. Yeah. So there's no clinical stuff that you really have to do beyond basic pregnancy, 
pregnancy and birth stuff. But what's going to make or break her birth experience is triggering. Yeah. Right. Whatever things are going to come up for her. So we all, we all could use a lot of education and a lot of awareness and consciousness around the things that make life hard for people in the culture that we live in right now. And where do you stand in relation to those issues and what education can you acquire for yourself to better serve your clients' needs? And if you can't, Mm -hmm. then you pass that client to somebody who can. Yeah. Like you can't know or do everything. Like I know there's a doula for every woman and a woman for every doula, but there isn't a doula that can serve every woman. Mm-hmm. So I know like for, um, for me, there's things that I just have never experienced. Right. But I know you guys have, or you have like for V-backs and whatnot, yeah. I've done V-backs um, and I've been okay with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not my specialty, but I know they're stuff specialties. So whenever ones come in where it isn't maybe a past client of mine, it's like, yeah, nope over to you, you know how to help this person better than I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm fully open to saying, yeah, like I need clients and I want clients, but I recognize that there are limitations to what I can do. And there's limitations, even being a doula for 13 years, there's limitations where in order to for experience. her to have the best experience and the best care possible, it needs to not be me. Yeah. And that that's that's a lot of like, that's really good. You're, you're really pointing out the doula ego. Yeah. I can 100% say that I'm guilty of that. We like, all have I feel been. like, I feel like I could support anybody. Yeah. I feel like, yes, come to me, whatever your issues are. And I will make yeah. myself fit you. And that's doula ego. Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta check that. But I do feel like that. I feel like, yes, everybody come. Yeah. I could, I can be your doula. I can be anybody's doula. And it's, it's not actually true in reality. Um, so I, I got to work on that. Well, and sometimes it backfires too, right? Yeah. Like how many times have you had a client come in and you've had an initial conversation with them and you're like, there's part something in your brain going ding, 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 ding. Yeah. You should not take walk, this one on. Walk this away, one walk is away, not walk away. the right connection for you. And afterwards you're like, fuck. Yeah. Why, <laughs> why didn't did I, I listen to myself? That? Yeah. There's yeah. something going on here where someone else, and I can usually identify it later too. Like, oh shit, Marion would have like rocked this couple. She's got that yeah. way of talking to somebody where they would have fully related to her. Mm-hmm. And for her, it would have been nothing. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, you had to dig down deep. I would yeah. dig in and yeah. dig in and still dig in when I was done. It was afterward. It's like, why? And Cause you beat yourself up too. It's like, mm-hmm. why did I do that? I can't even afterwards say that I learned enough takeaway from it mm-hmm. to really justify it other than kicking myself in the ass. And then you wonder, did I impact their experience in some way by not being the right doula? Yeah. And then you shut yourself down because you're like, man, that is a path that is got weeds and <laughs> rocks and shit. I, don't, I can't deal with that because it's over. Yeah. But yeah, you feel your brain going that way. Yeah. When really, at the end of it, if we're giving a good, solid support, could someone else have done better? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. But did I do my job? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And and you learn from it and, and you walk away. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things, too, is that we see a lot, of, just to sort of shift things, but we see, and I don't know if you guys, I took a call, so I don't know if you guys talked about this, um, 
you know, on Facebook and whatnot, doulas, you go going, I need information on, I need you to, their doctor has said this and I need you to give me all of this stuff to so that to, to, to fight this doctor. To, come, to arm my client. Yeah. Yes. Which is like, exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. And it's like, makes me that's cringe. not your, that is not necessarily your role. Here's a sword. And if that doesn't work, here's a knife. If that doesn't work, here's a gun. And here's These are the, all the weapons and the seal. Yeah. The, this is a, the shield. Yeah. This is all of the weaponry that you need to yeah. fight your caregivers. Yeah. And that is my job as a doula is to arm you yeah. for, for what is battle. for sure going to be, yes, war with your caregivers. That's what, that's sometimes that's what it feels like. And I sit there and go, but shouldn't she be asking her caregiver for this information? Yeah. Shouldn't she be saying, shouldn't she be opening or shouldn't that birthing person op be opening up a dialogue with their care provider mm -hmm. to say, look, this is sort of where I would like to be. And this is what you're saying. How can we do this together? How can we marry this together? Yeah. And if, and at that point, then if it's going to be a battle, if the, if if it's not the birthing person that's bringing the battle, if it's the care provider that's bringing the battle, then in that case, that's when you walk away from that care provider. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can. I think sometimes I see the doula world as, you know, an us versus them. Yes. But I think we do ourselves a, a disservice yeah. by alienating. They're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So how can we figure out how to work with them and their patients mm -hmm. to create a better dynamic so that that birthing person can have the experience that they desire and that they deserve yeah. as opposed to, again, the chain mail and the sword and yeah. everything else. I, I think that there needs to be like a big, for me anyways, like everybody's, everybody's free to practice however they want to practice. Oh yeah, for sure. But I constantly need to remind myself to go back to the basics. Yeah. Go back we to, about this. we yeah. have talked about this and we, we said, you know, you can have a situation where it's 200 years ago, right? There's none of this technology. There's none of all of the equipment and the skills and techniques that we have today. And there's a woman in a log cabin somewhere in labor and you are, the midwife apprentice who's yeah. just like brand new and fresh and green yeah. behind the ears and knows really nothing about the birth process. The, but the midwife wants you to come with her to carry her bag yeah. and to keep the fire going or whatever. Yeah. And you can step into that log cabin and cabin and be the best, most amazing doula yeah. ever. And you have zero knowledge yeah. of exactly the technicalities and the physiology and the biology and all of that. And that's the, that's what it's all about. What did that young person do to help that person in labor? They were there. They were there. They wiped their forehead. They gave them encouraging words. Yeah. They lifted them up onto their knees or they propped them up while they were squatting. Or, or they propped them up they, emotionally. Yes. They did all those things. Meanwhile, knowing nothing. All they knew was that this person is doing something physically awesome and, and that a need, person was going to come out of them. Yes. And that they need <laughs> that, that, that des is deserving of support. And so you put your body and your heart and your soul yeah. into that place. Somehow or another, we've moved way, way past that. that. And honestly, I'm with her. I'm with yeah. that. I'm in, I'm You're in the log in cabin. The log cabin. <laughs> 
that's keeping how the fire I, going yeah. and wiping sweat from the brow. That's how, as a doula, that's the role I love. Now, clients hire me because they want to have somebody who knows the path. Yeah. No problem. And well, we of, live in a different era where people yeah. want information. Yeah. yeah they the crave information yes. and Ugh. they are um, searching for it all the time. And, and they'd rather they get us. it from me and their care provider than fucking Google. Yeah. I'm, and I'm sometimes I think that people, clients, look to doulas as like we're the font of all knowledge or we're the if you want to know something this is where you come we're the wise and women part and again doula ego i kind of like that i yeah. like the fact that they know and they feel like they can come to me and trust me to help them parse things out yeah. at the same time i gotta keep my feet grounded you gotta keep your feet in that cabin in the log cabin i need to like fire. go back there and realize hello you are not yeah. An obstetrician, researcher, scientist, statistician, all in one, which is what they yeah. kind of make you feel like you need to yeah. be sometimes. Um, so there's a balance. There's yeah. a fine line that you have to walk to figure out where you want to be, what kind of support you want to provide for your clients. Because I don't presume to be the definer of what anybody's dual support no, looks like. No, of course not. But so maybe. Don't, don't email and bitch at us about that. <laughs> Run, you do you. Do, that, should be our, that, that should be our tagline. You just do you. You doula how you want to do You doula you. Yeah, because the, the birthing person has changed. The birthing space yeah. has changed. Yes. Everything's so, changed. Like it's when true. we talk about information, we're, we're going in to doula a woman who is, let's say, on monitors. Yeah. And she feels unsure about the monitors because she doesn't know about the monitors. And so... Because she didn't take so we class. it's good. <laughs> that's right. So it's good for the doula to know why are you on the monitor? And to explain the benefits of being on the monitor. And if she really does need to be on the monitor, here are some things we can do to help you be more comfortable while you are on the monitor. That's yeah. right. So that's not something that the doula in the log cabin would have no. had to face. No. no. So, yeah, there's a certain level of, a certain higher level of education and information gathering yeah. and I'm information knowing that we need to know for sure. It's because our um, log cabin has changed. The log cabin is now made of bricks and steel and has elevators and, yeah, and things monitors. that yeah. beep and flash. And so helping her be comfortable, helping normalize it for the person who's laboring so that she can just let go and go, Oh, okay. Cause because we are seekers of knowledge yeah. and there's something on my body while yes. I'm doing this labor thing. Even if it's just in triage, it's like, why do I have to sit here? Exactly. And knowing yeah. why you have to sit here hooked yeah. up to this thing can bring your anxiety level down. Way down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's where that knowledge comes in. If we were just going to a log cabin, we would, you know, throw the rebozo around our neck yeah. and walk in the door and say, oh. We <laughs> can we can kick ass there too. Yeah. We can kick ass in a hospital, in a birthing center, in someone's home, or in a log cabin. So versatility is, yeah. is, a, is one of the hallmarks of a good doula. Correctly. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So we are going to take a break. Yeah. And come back with a burst story. Right. Get some more water. All right. So we'll okay. be back. Enjoy this lovely musical interlude. <laughs> And we're back. And we're back. Birth Welcome. story this time. Is, this is birth story time with <laughs> pragmatic doers. Yeah. And that's actually, that tone of voice 
that is how that birth went. <laughs> it went just like that. <laughs> so, so, so after much debate, and, after and like cons- scientific <laughs> mathematics, some acrobatics, we figured out who should tell the next birth story, and you it's won. Me. It's me. Yeah. So also, I have the most kids, so I'm going to be telling birth stories from now on for till forever. So this is the story of um, the birth of my third child, my third son, Kyle, who is now 23. He just turned 23. He had a birthday at the end of uh, January. So cast your minds back, people. <laughs> what, what year was, year was Sorry, it? what year was this? 1996. 96. So mid nineties. I always want to know who was the prime minister. I never. I think it was Brian Mulroney. Was it? This is the year I got married. The year you got married. What were you doing in ninety six? I had Xander in ninety six. That's right. Yeah. We had babies in the same year. What month did you get? June. June. Nice. Good planning. He's my six 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 kid. June sixteenth, nineteen ninety six. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, um, Kyle was born in January. Very not good planning at all um I wanted to get pregnant so badly and so I didn't even think about that I just like you didn't think about a winter baby put this in me yeah <laughs> put this, put, in this me. put it in me put that baby in me Give right me now <laughs> and that's what happened got pregnant like lickety split and Isn't it funny um, how sometimes you like you're like you're trying and trying and trying like took, a, took me a year to get pregnant with Will mm-hmm. and once to get pregnant <laughs> Oh. One time to get pregnant with Thomas. I can't, like, no, I've never tried to get pregnant. <laughs> never tried. I did. I mean, he Kyle was planned. He he was planned. Um, just passed each other in the hallway and was my, like, yeah, okay. Boom. <laughs> Got her. Yeah. There was sperm in the house somewhere. And, and it just jumped, it just jumped in into to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I said, let's get pregnant, and he said, okay, and we were not in... <laughs> and that was it. That was all that was pretty needed. much it. That's all I needed. Just that agreement. That's how babies the verbal are... agreement is binding in the province of Ontario. <laughs> That's all. That's how babies are born. <laughs> and I got pregnant, like, that the next month I didn't get a period, so I was pregnant. And um, it was a very, very easy pregnancy. I, you know what? I just read something the other day, yesterday, actually, somebody posted something on Instagram talking about the horrible time that she had during pregnancy with nausea, hyperemesis gravidarum. It it destroyed her pregnancy. It was just the worst experience ever. That feels so unfair. It, It does. I had huge amounts of sympathy for this person and then somebody else commented and said well you know there are a lot of people who can't conceive at all allow <laughs> me to stick a, my foot up your ah, ass. She's allowed to have there's a lot experience. of people who can't exactly who she's can't a, conceive at all and so you know basically maybe you want to tone down your complaining about what you went through during pregnancy because at least you were able to get pregnant Okay. I talk, you know, we talked about trauma recently. Yeah. I can't tell you how many women who went through hell mm-hmm. to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then because of all the hell they went through to get pregnant, when they got pregnant and they were sick, or yeah. if they had a birth that was upsetting, traumatic, mm-hmm. they wouldn't say a thing mm-hmm. because everyone would say to them, 
well, at least you have a baby. baby. Even yeah. more so yeah. than the average woman, the woman who had to fight and claw mm-hmm. her with her mental health and her physical health in order to get pregnant. They feel absolutely guilt-ridden yes. that they are not loving everything and so grateful yeah. about their the fact that they were experience. exactly. So listen, I'm not about Shut guilt. Shut the fuck up. That's what I I'm am saying. not about guilt. I don't believe in guilt. It's it's mm. like it's not even Okay, there's a place for guilt. Mm-hmm. This could be a whole other topic too. We should write that down. Mm-hmm. Guilt, especially for mothers and Ugh, women. Yes. But guilt has a place. If I've done something wrong, guilt is like my Jiminy Cricket. If I did something wrong and I need to make up for that wrongdoing, if I've hurt somebody's feelings, I need to apologize or whatever. Okay? That's the that's the proper place that guilt plays in the pro- proper role that guilt plays in our lives. I'm not going to feel guilty for having an amazing pregnancy and birth experience. No. Why? Because somebody else didn't. Well, that's like when I That's craziness. When I told my birth story last week and it was really boring. I was like, uh, like it, almost it feel- went really well. Yeah, like no, no. Like I almost feel all, bad that it. I didn't have a better story. Mm-hmm. All experiences are valid. All all stories are worth being told. Yeah. Every person deserves to be heard. So I'm saying that because that that Instagram post really stuck with me, and it just made me crazy because that means that nobody's allowed to say anything. Then that's right. No. People who had. Uh, really challenging pregnancy and birth experiences shouldn't talk because then they should be grateful for having a baby. And people who had amazing birth and pregnancy experiences shouldn't talk because there are people who had a hard time. So that means there's nobody says anything, but then when everyone's quiet, then everyone ends up with mental health issues and depression and anxiety and stuck in your house because you don't know who you can tell the truth to. So let me tell you something. I'm going to say this straight up. You can tell us the truth. I'll tell you all the truth. I had We're an amazing pregnancy. Wonderful. This pregnancy was awesome. I, I started pregnancy with in this pregnancy. I started out overweight, slightly overweight, not horrendously overweight, but I stayed the same weight all throughout my pregnancy. Really, I didn't gain a single pound. It happens quite a bit with people who start pregnancy overweight. Oh, okay. I and I gave birth to an eight pound nine ten ounce baby boy. Beautiful, right? Nice. So you know what that means. That I was 20 pounds lighter (laughs) (laughs) when it was all over. Yeah. Like a week after he was born, I was 20 pounds lighter. Awesome. (laughs) And I had zero nausea. I had, I mean, first trimester is always a little bit hard for me with being tired and sleepy. Yeah. But as soon as I hit like 16, 17 weeks, ah, it goes away. So... No guilt at all. I had a fantastic pregnancy. I had planned a home birth <clears throat> because I had learned about home birth uh, during the seven years between my last birth and this one um, and decided I wanted to have a home birth with a midwife because I wanted the freedom to be in my own environment, choose who I wanted to be there. I wanted to have my older children there and I wanted more of like a customized experience. Basically, it's about independence and freedom for me. And... <clears throat> Hooked up with community midwives in downtown Toronto. Hooked up with the fabulous, and I do consider myself super privileged to have just by chance been assigned um, the client of Jay McGillivray, who is like, like the queen of midwives in Toronto, at least. Yeah. And 
Uh, we immediately clicked and had an amazing experience with her. Loved having a midwife, loved being a part of that practice. I would bring my kids with me. And I lived in Scarborough and had to go down to Bloor Spadina where the clinic still is yeah. and have no car. So I was taking the subway with your kids, with my two kids. I have, I was doing daycare at the time. So I'd sometimes bring my daycare kids down there oh, and wow. everybody would be in that clinic room, yep. feeling my belly <laughs> and measuring my belly. And it was an amazing experience. Um, so on the day when labor started, it was Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, right. It was Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday, and my... Uh, Didn't you do that more than once? I did. I did. Yeah. I have two <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday babies. You know how to celebrate. <laughs> Kyle was the first one. And what's funny is that my oldest son especially um, is a fanatic football, yes. American football fan. My second son also was a big football player, played football from the time he was like we all the way up right through till he aged out of the league. So our house was a little bit crazy football house. So yes, the Super Bowl was on. So the Super Bowl party the was Super in full Bowl of birth. swing. My um, kids school just called. I'll be back. All right. All right. I uh, hope everything's good. And um, so anyways, it was just after the Super Bowl finished. And I literally was cleaning up the chicken wing bones. Well, at least you waited till it was done. I waited done. till it was How done. The Dallas Cowboys won the Super the Bowl that Dallas year. The Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. When the fuck was the last time they were in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I don't know anymore because I don't follow it anymore. <laughs> um, and I felt a contraction. I felt like my first contraction as I was in the kitchen. Um, like they were still doing all of the the interviews and yeah, things like that. The scrums at the end. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called? Scrums. That's what they're, the media scrums. I'm the worst football mom ever because I, you know. I, my kids don't play football, but, but you know, sportsy things. Thanks to, thanks to my boring birth baby, Thomas. <laughs> I know way too much You're about a, sports. hockey mom. Anyways. Um, my midwife had suggested because of my precipitous birth right. with Christopher that I call her immediately as soon as I feel anything. So I did. I called her, got in the shower. That was at 11 PM. Okay. When I said, to my partner, listen, I just had two contractions in the kitchen. I'm sorry, what year was this? 96? 1996. That was the last year. That the that Dallas Cowboys won? Yeah. Oh, wow. That would, Kyle was there. Let's, that's it. Kyle did it, and then that was the end. Yeah. Kyle was their good luck charm, and then he turned his back on them. That's hilarious. Yep. So that was at 11 p.m. I really don't remember a lot about the labor because it was so short, but I called my mom. I called my best friend. I lived in an apartment and she was downstairs and she came upstairs. The boys were awake. My cousin's daughter was also there. Uh, we were homeschooling and she stayed, she lived with us for homeschooling. Uh, so the midwife showed up, Jay showed up with a student, with her student at about 12 yeah. But an hour after I felt that first contraction. Oh, shit. And then um, she checked me. I was seven and a half centimeters. Yeah. Holy shit. So I was pretty pleased with that because I was like, all right, let's good. This is a good pace. Let's keep going. And what, how are you feeling? Oh, God. Those contractions were killer. So let's okay. be clear. Yeah. Like you're talking <laughs> no, very calmly about it. And I'm like, yeah, no. seven, I'm still visioning you picking up chicken wings at seven. By by 1120, when I got out of the shower, 
they were kicking my ass. Shit. Those contractions were coming like two minutes apart. They were at least a minute, minute and a half long. And I was like, my knees were buckling. Mm. So it just started and then ramped up. And um, that happens though. Like you're to, it's like you, you know, nothing is happening until like six centimeters. And then suddenly your body yes. goes, we're right. in it. We're in it Bam. now. Yeah. So, um, so at about midnight, Jay came in, settled in, checked me. I guess by the time she checked me, it was maybe like maybe 12, 15. Mm-hmm. So not, we're measuring time in minutes here now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause the next thing I know is <laughs> I start to feel, I'm talking to Jay and I'm, I'm talking like, what? and she's like, sweetie, you need to take your knickers off. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, what already? You just checked me. So this is now like 1230. Right. So I said, all right, fine. So I took my knickers off. (laughs) And the boys came in the room and everybody sort of got into position. My son, my oldest son, who was 12 at the time, he was going to catch the baby. That's what we had planned, that Adam was going to catch his brother. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So I get up on the bed, John, because I needed my partner to be like, hold me up, like yeah. behind me. Yeah. I wanted to squat. Like I had all these visions and all of that, but the way that my other baby flew out, like the luge, that was the yeah. luge birth. Yeah. The midwife said to me, you know something, you better lie flat on your back. <laughs> Do we need to slow this birth down a little bit? Also, I tore quite badly because he came flying out. So right. Much. So it, she, you know, wanted to try to protect my perineum a little bit. So we compromised and I was kind of half lying, half sitting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like pushing yet. She just said, let's just get things started and see what's happening. So I'm going to want you to, I want to check you again, even though she had checked me just like 10 minutes before. So I finally got into position and she checked and she said, the baby's right here. Like not only was I fully dilated, but he had already like moved down. Shit. And then I said, okay, while her fingers were in there, I'm like, okay, okay. I feel like I need to push. And she took her fingers out. And I took a big breath and the exact same thing happened. Like what happened with Chris one overwhelming urge to like, it was a, like a tsunami of pushing urge came over me and I pushed and this baby came rocketing out, rocketing out. But damn, his waters were intact. No. Yep. Completely I've never seen that. Yes. Ugh. And Jay kind of knew that it was going to happen because it was just the, the waters. The, my waters had not broken. Bulged. This labor was, I didn't spot. There was no mucus. There was like, I was going pee during like while I was in the shower, looking down, nothing. The cleanest birth ever. Yes. So she knew that my waters hadn't broken nothing. Yeah. And so instead of my son catching, she had to catch because when he came out, the waters are all intact. And we all were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's in a and bag. He was in a bag. <laughs> he was in the bag. And um, so she had to break the water. The cord was around his neck. So she broke the water, took the cord off his neck. Real casual. Like, it was like nothing. Yeah. And he was born at 1235. Holy shit. Yeah. So was baby number three, right? And there's this hilarious picture of my partner holding him like a few minutes afterwards. His face, I swear to God, his face is like the poster face for fastest home birth ever. And I can't believe what the hell just happened. <laughs> like, that's his face. 
<laughs> Holy um, shit. Yeah, and it was it was I love that so stunned awesome. look on partners' faces yeah. when stuff happens and they're like what? really happy. What just but what was that? Beyond words. Yeah. So that's um that was Kyle's birth, and it that's exactly how it went from eleven o'clock to twelve thirty-five. An wow. hour and five minutes and an okay. hour and a half, really. And he, he was born in the call. I've and always wanted that to is see a that. story for another day because this kid does he have the site? Well, he did. I don't know if he has the site now, but I there are some stories I could tell you about this kid when he was really little and the things that he used to say, freaky, freaky things that he used to say about God, oh. about life before birth, yeah. about life after death. Um, Cause that's just the, like casually yeah. when he's three, he would yeah. just be talking about, and we are not that kind of household. Well, and that's the, that's the thing for those that don't know, uh, though I'm sure most doulas know, but for those that don't know that the idea of being born in the call or being born in the bag of waters, the belief is that you have that one foot psychic, in one yeah. world and one foot in this, in the other world and one foot in this world. Yeah. And so that you have that some ability. kind of special insight. Yeah. Right. So here's the thing though. What I, I've always said this, what's always fascinated me about newborns, like brand, brand newborn babies. When you look into the eyes of a brand newborn baby, don't you feel something? They look like all the knowledge of the universe. They know but when they look at the you. maybe that's the way it was with these two that I saw back to back. Yes. It they was... know stuff. They know everything. Yeah. They know they everything. everything. They need to know. They know everything. Their but eyes they, were Because wide they can't open. talk, they're not saying everything. Right? So right. This, this was my midwife's explanation to me. Babies, people are born here. They come to this earth knowing everything. Yeah. Right? And then that's why they look old. Yeah. That's why they look and like wizard. little old men that should be dispensing wisdom from the mountaintop to the villagers <laughs> below. That's what they look like. And then as the months go on, what happens to babies? They lose it. Yeah. They forget. Yeah. And then they get that. You look at a four-month-old baby now. Looks like, I don't know anything. Yeah. Give me all the, fill me up with yeah. knowledge. And yeah. they're like fascinated by everything all around them. Yeah. Newborns could give a shit. Because they know it all. Because they already know and nothing is fascinating to them. They're just like, mm, whatever. Just feed me. Hold me. Change my bum. That's all they care about. Yeah. So that's what Jay says. And people who are born in the call retain those memories. Longer. That we all had for much longer than those of us who are not born yeah. in the call. And it makes so much sense because that's how it was with Kyle. Kyle talked about his life always, constantly talked about his life before he was born. Yeah. He would tell stories about things that happened to him before he was born. And he would always mention his siblings, who was there and who wasn't there. He would say, Adam was already gone by then. He would actually use that terminology. He would say, Adam wasn't there. He was already gone. Or Adam and Chris weren't there. They were already gone. Meaning they were already born. Those are his two older brothers. Wow. And he would That's say stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. He'd talk about not being afraid to die. I don't understand why everybody cries about dying. Because you just go back to that place that you lived before. That's what he said when he was four. Nobody should be afraid to die. He shrugged and said, I'm not afraid to die. You just go back to that place that you lived before. And it's really nice there. And I just oh. stared at this four-year-old when he said that that day. Like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> wow. He said all sorts of things like that. 
Okay, set the um, table. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go clean up your toys like a normal child. <laughs> Please. Yeah. And so the the explanation for all of that is that he was born in the call. Yeah. And um, yeah. Now he he is like very I would say out of all my kids, he's probably the one that's interested the most in spiritual things. He, he's drawn to that. Not that he, not that he practices any of that no. stuff necessarily. He, but I, of he all seemed, my children, he, he is kind of like, drawn to that. It always seemed when you talked about that, he was the wise one. Yeah. And he looks at things in a totally, sometimes he's, he'll look yeah. at things in a certain way and everybody's like, what? Yeah. What the hell? Why would you, where did you get that? But that's the way that he sees things. And wow. it's, it's almost always different from the way that everybody else sees things. Wow. Yeah. That was an amazing story. Oh, there you go. I thought it was going to be boring. It was, no, okay. it was, I was just an hour and a half long. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's Kyle. Dropped. That's my middle child. He's the, the, there's two in front of him, two behind him. So he's like the, the most important part of the sandwich. Oh, that's, that's a great way to think yes, about he is. It. He's the the most important that's part of the Thomas sandwich. Too. Yes, he's the meat the sandwich. You're the you're Aww. the that, you're what makes the sandwich delicious. Aww. Without you, it's just bread <laughs> and toppings. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening to that. Yeah, people. this this is a long episode, but is you it? know what? Oh my god, yeah. I like it. We better I'm up. so I loved this. Yeah. I loved this one. Yeah. Thank you for You're welcome. Coming to let's me. do it again next week. Yeah, let's. <laughs> Thank awesome. you, Stephanie, for bringing burgers. For yes, us. You're welcome. that was awesome. Yes, and um, and thank you to Kim for giving us pragmatic doula mugs. This is great. Cool. There I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for, Thanks for listening, it. guys. Thanks for listening, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And and tell your friends. Tell all your, your doula friends. Tell yeah. all your clients. If they can handle the occasional F-bomb, yep. then this is a podcast for them. Yep. Yeah. And if you have a story you want to share with us, because we are, we will run out at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, We're running out of kids. Yeah. Send us your birth I stories. I only have one left. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to share your birth story, we would love to, we would, you've heard how we tell ours. So how would you tell yours? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. And thank you so much for going on this journey with us. And remember, you doula you. <laughs> you doula you. All right. Okay. That Thanks. should on a t-shirt. Bye. Bye. Bye.